Welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of the Fantasy Football Brothers podcast. My name is Blake, and I'm joined by my younger brother, Carson. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving tomorrow and seeing more games than usual on Thursday, and I might actually watch them because that's what will be happening during the day. So what's your excuse for Sundays? Ah, you know. I watch Red Zone, and you know that's true, but... uh. As far as full-length games, I don't usually do that, but I definitely will do that tomorrow. Yeah, and along with the uh, family time and the food time, Thanksgiving is a wonderful time. Agreed. I think it's a very underrated holiday. I, I like it a lot. All right, let's get into the Week 12 buys, first and foremost. we got the Cardinals and the Chiefs, two very fantasy-relevant offenses. Yeah, and these yeah these two offenses are stacked for fantasy purposes and just in the real NFL. Uh, for the Cardinals, you're missing, well, you've been missing Kyler and Hopkins, but those are the two biggest players you're missing on that team. Uh, Christian Kirk has kind of emerged as a reliable play, especially in Hopkins' absence. Uh, Connor has been good in Edmonds' absence, but I think Edmonds will probably back for Week 13. Um, we'll obviously have more updates on that as we get closer. Um, and obviously there's other pass catchers in this offense, but as far as consistent, reliable plays, I think those are the most important ones. Yeah, and then with the Chiefs, obviously Patrick Mahomes, uh, whatever running back they decide to use that week, whether <laughs> yeah. it be CEH or Daryl Williams or Derek Gore, you know, yeah. one of those one of those usual suspects. And then, I don't think Derek Gore know. is in the conversation of usual suspects, but it does show you how that <laughs> offense's backfield works. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he popped up one week and, and hasn't since, but you never know with the yeah, Chiefs. it's true. Uh, and then with the pass catchers, obviously Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and, I mean, that's really about it. I, I was, you know, earlier in the season we were talking about uh, Josh Gordon, and he's just completely, like, you know, not existed. Yeah, it, it's surprising that this offense doesn't have more than two pass catchers that are relevant, but it's just two extremely relevant ones, so they take up a lot of the the looks for Mahomes. Yeah, so let's go ahead and start with the the first game of the day. It's starting at 11.30 a.m. Uh, Central Time, and that's the Bears going up against the Lions. <laughs> and Blake jokingly said that uh, this is the time you should be hanging out and just talking to your family because this is definitely the worst game out of the three, or at least on paper as far as the matchup. It just seems like it won't be extremely exciting, but hey, you never know. The games we thought would be exciting, like Chiefs-Cowboys, really weren't. Like, that was not a very high-scoring game. Uh, so you never know, like we always say with the NFL. Both the Bears, Andy Dalton will be starting at QB. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'll ask you, Do you? because I really have no idea, honestly. Do you think this is an upgrade or downgrade for pass catchers on the offense? I think that this is I think this is a slight upgrade and the reason is that Andy Dalton is more of a I mean he's just he's a more proven passer than Justin Fields. Yeah. And I think that I mean, it's unfortunate that Fields is missing this game because it as we're going to mention later uh, the Lions are horrible against the run. So yeah. that would open up a lot of opportunity for Fields to get involved in that way. But I think this is kind of an upgrade for the limited pass catchers that you have here because we do know that Allen Robinson is doubtful to play, so it's probably going to be another another day for Darnell Mooney like we saw in Week 11. But I do think that Andy Dalton being the quarterback is uh, overall good for the offense. I do agree. Um, with Allen Robinson being doubtful, that's definitely interesting and good for Mooney as far as fantasy is concerned. But 
if Robinson was healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if he did well in this game with Dalton at quarterback, just because you're getting a more reliable passer. Um, but like Blake already alluded to, I'll go ahead and talk about David Montgomery because one, he's just he's just a high end RB two rest of the season. I think you could maybe go after him for trades if you're needing a running back because you know he hasn't boomed in his first two games back, and but you shouldn't expect him to. And he's getting all of the. Uh, all of the carries, he's there for all the snaps, and this Lions defense ranks 31st in rushing yardage allowed uh, per game at 140.5, so I could definitely see him boom in this game, and then that trade, uh, that buy low window could definitely close on him. Yeah, so uh, maybe hurry up on that, I don't know, time is ticking. Yeah, he was like uh, a then... top five running back at the end of like the last five weeks of last season, I don't expect that, but a very safe high-end RB2, I would think. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and maybe some of the injuries that you know are going around the league, especially at running back, will kind of open the door a little bit for him to crack that RB1 conversation. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, so someone who is a locked-in RB1 that we can talk about is the Lions' DeAndre Swift. Yes, he just always gets it done. I mean, that's really all we can say for him. If they're losing big, which they tend to be in that position, they he gets a lot of passes. Hey, they got one tie. Yeah, that's true. Gets a lot of receptions, and then if run it, if the run game's working, he's getting carries. Like he's just extremely versatile. So he works on this offense no matter what. Yeah, and then obviously you know the tight end position is pretty volatile, but. You're starting T.J. Hawkinson if you have him. Uh, I, I I think it's very difficult to make an argument in a week where there is no Travis Kelsey that you have a better option. Uh, so, you know, I think that's kind of how that plays out. And then I'll ask you one final thing about this matchup before we move on. And is this the week that the Lions get their first win? No. I don't think so. I, I honestly think that... Montgomery will have a big game, and Dalton will be competent enough in this matchup to just be a reliable passer. So I, I don't think, think so. Fair. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I'm not particularly rooting for them. I think that, you know, not that I have anything against the Lions, but I just I don't think they're there yet. So yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, we can move on. Uh, Raiders and Cowboys. Yeah, so uh, this Dallas team ranks eighth in passing yards. Or no, it's points against per game. So I don't expect the Raiders to be a really a successful offense in this matchup. Um, yeah, they've kind of they've kind of been a sneaky good defense this year. Yeah, that's definitely true. We we saw on our dad had one of his leagues still plays defenses, and they were ranked fifth as far as defenses. And I thought that was I was kind of surprised that they were that high. Um, I, I guess do you want to talk about Josh Jacobs a bit? Sure. Um, I'm kind of thinking, you know, at this stage in the season that we can we can kind of assess that he is more of a flex than an RB2. Yeah. Uh, but he does provide a decent floor with his involvement in the passing game. Uh, but he's just he's just not the he's just not the running back that you thought you were drafting. Yeah, that's for sure, and that's disappointing for teams that drafted him because he's probably their RB2. But if he's your RB3, I, I'd honestly feel pretty good about that. He is. Um, high floor play. He's not really ever booming, um, but uh, yeah, he's definitely a flex play. But I think most people that drafted him probably have him, uh, or day one at least, he was their RB2. So hopefully they got lucky and got another person to pick up the slack for him. Um, but as far as pass catchers, 
Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, only reliable pass catchers in this offense. Waller had a good game last week, so that was good to see. Bounce back from his Week 10 performance. Uh, Renfro, I don't think did amazing, but he's just been very consistent. And this Cowboys defense ranks 20th in uh, passing yards allowed per game and 10th in rushing yards allowed per game. So I, I do expect that these two pass catchers will get the work that will be necessary for them to have a good fantasy day. Yeah, Renfro got his second his second uh, single point performance of the season. So I do expect that to uh, kind of go back to a double digit because that's been his average and he's been relied consistently uh, in the past few weeks. So yeah, I think he bounces back and, and gets you, you know, probably 12 to 14 points. Yep, I agree. Um, we can move on to the Cowboys and I guess you want to talk about Dak and his pass catchers. Yeah, so last week we talked about how the Cowboys and the Chiefs had a major shootout potential, and that ended up blowing up in our faces because <laughs> uh, all of the pass catchers for Dallas seemed to just, you know, find a way to leave the game early. Uh, Mari Cooper didn't start because he uh, was uh, on the COVID list, and C.D. Lamb left with a concussion, and so... It was quickly down to Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson, and uh, Dalton Schultz had a pretty good game in their absence, and so I feel confident with him at tight end this week with Amari Cooper still out, and we'll need to monitor CeeDee Lamb's availability, but uh, Dak Prescott struggled without those the, those main guys, and I feel a little bit better if C.D. Lamb plays. If he's out, I mean, I think you still probably start him because... It's going to be difficult to have a better option necessarily that, you know, we were talking about Derek Carr, but he's ranked or he's a uh, rostered in 65 and a half percent of leagues. So yeah. there aren't too many reliable options at this stage in the season uh, for for fillers at quarterback. Yeah, I think you just so, got to trust him. Like like we said, that uh, that game between the Chiefs and the Cowboys definitely was not high scoring uh, Dak nor Mahomes through for a passing touchdown so i expect him to obviously bounce back from that yeah he's been reliable most of the time this season uh so not panicking on him necessarily and then let's talk about the running backs i i remember a time and we talked about this pre-show that you know looking at the matchup well it should be a good game for zeke but nowadays it's well it should be a good game for zeke and pollard yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, I like seeing Pollard have success. I think that's awesome for this team. Um, but as someone, I do have both Zeke and Pollard on my main fantasy lineup. But I kind of wish that Pollard uh, didn't exist as far as Zeke's value is concerned because Zeke is still RB7 uh, as far as our scoring goes. And uh, he's had kind of a tough stretch ever since they've uh, come back from their bye. He had one game where he had in week uh, 10 where he had two rushing touchdowns, but they're both goal lines, so that inflated a score. So, And you're seeing Pollard emerge in this offense. And in this matchup, the Raiders defense ranks 29th in rushing yardage allowed per game at 132.1. So I do expect Zeke and Pollard to both be able to coexist. Some of Pollard's biggest games were in the same week of Zeke's biggest game. So I definitely think that they both can coexist, and Zeke is still, you know, a must-start running back. Um, but Pollard, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets double digits uh, in this game just because of this matchup. But I still don't think you're confident enough to start him while Zeke is healthy. Um, Zeke left the game a bit against the Chiefs, which allowed Pollard to do a little bit more. 
Um, but now if Zeke is back and fully healthy, uh, Pollard's risky, but uh, he's an interesting player to rank, that's for sure, just because of how this offense works. Yeah, I mean, he certainly has more single-digit games than double-digit, and we're talking about Pollard here. Yeah. Uh, but with the way he's been used recently, I think that there's an opportunity for him to kind of enter into flex territory. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Okay, I guess we can move on to the last matchup for Thanksgiving. Uh, Bills at Saints. Yeah, let's talk about those Bills, huh? Second in the division now to my (laughs) New England Patriots. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, And, you know, the Patriots deserve it with how this Bills team is playing lately and how the Patriots are really just getting big wins. they, they They don't look ready for a Super Bowl run. No, and that's very surprising. Um, considering how they looked at the beginning of the season and how they were at the end of last season. Like, you definitely think that they would be easily a contender, and then they allow Jonathan Taylor to probably have the biggest fantasy game of this entire season. Yeah, he ran all over him. Yeah, and I will say, interestingly, though, like, all of Taylor's many touchdowns, uh, all of his rushing touchdowns, none of them were like big plays, but he obviously got them to a point where he didn't need to make a big play. So they just couldn't stop him, even if they, you know, held him to, you know, ten or twenty yards. They didn't let him do like a seventy-five yard rush, but uh, it doesn't really make a big difference whenever it just takes him longer. But he still gets that far. Yeah. So you know, we can we can kind of quit hating on the Bills for a moment. We can talk about these guys. <laughs> um, uh, Josh Allen finished with eighteen point two fantasy points in in the in the like you know the bludgeoning. I, I had to say it one more time, but uh, yeah. I do expect you know the Saints defense. It, it is good. It's got some good secondary pieces, but I still think that you know it's Josh Allen at the end of the day. I think he bounces back and has a twenty plus point performance for you. He barely you know he he barely missed it in last week's game. So. I'm not worried about him. Uh, and then you can talk about Stefan Diggs and some of the other pass catchers if you'd like. Yeah, Stefan Diggs, um, he had like 18 points last week. So I was obviously happy with that, but two, he had two touchdowns. So it's like, ah, I wish he did more of that because that's uh, he probably won't have too many more weeks with two touchdowns. But you can't be too disappointed. He's had three receiving touchdowns in the last two weeks. He boomed in week 10. I love seeing that because he really hadn't done that this season yet. Um, so he's still a very reliable must-start wide receiver. Uh, but as far as the other pass catchers, Dawson Knox saw 10 targets and I think had 14 fantasy points. Um, so that's interesting because he only had one reception in week 10. So he could have reemerged back from this offense. But it, it's harder to say. Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders are looking less reliable than they used to. They both had back-to-back single-digit fantasy scoring games. I don't. I wouldn't say it's because of Knox's reemergence, but. Uh, you know, at a point in time, well, we thought that... Yeah, certainly not in week 10, or in, yes. yeah, in week 10. Yeah, at a certain point, it was like Diggs are obviously starting, and Beasley and Sanders were also pretty strong plays, and now I don't know, you got. I, I need to see another week where all four of them, all four of these pass catchers can coexist uh, fantasy-wise, and I don't know if I'd be comfortable doing it this week. I think Knox is a safe tight end play if you need to play a tight end, um, most likely, but Beasley and Sanders aren't looking great. I, I They could bounce back, but Diggs is definitely the only must-start pass catcher uh, at this point in time, in my eyes. Yeah, I'll say this. I, I like um, I like Beasley a little bit more than Sanders in this matchup because I think that, obviously, uh, Lattimore will be on Diggs for a lot of their 
defensive snaps, and then I think Cole Beasley can have an opportunity to kind of attack that defense in the middle because um, Sanders will typically be on the other uh, the other edge of the offense. I do agree. So, yeah, maybe an opportunity for Beasley, maybe some opportunity for Knox there. Uh, you like to see 10 targets in last week's game. So hopefully things like that progress and, you know, these guys bounce back, which I think they will. Yeah, and this Saints defense ranks 22nd in passing yards allowed per game and third in rushing yards allowed per game. So I do expect yeah, this. I mean that that pass plays right offense. into the Bills. Yeah, yeah, that plays right into the Bills offense. And that's another reason why I don't feel confident at all starting any of their running backs, uh, especially in this matchup. And I guess we can move yeah. on to the Saints. Definitely fair. Yeah, another another week without Alvin Kamara, which means as long as Mark Ingram is healthy, you'll need to monitor that. Uh, as long as Mark Ingram's healthy, he's the guy, he's the person that you're starting in this team, and that's pretty much it. Uh, it is important to note that if Ingram is ruled out, Tony Jones Jr. is the next man up. I don't know how confident you feel starting him. Uh, if if that's the case, if they're down to their third string running back, I think this I think this is kind of a blowout, and you know the Bills could definitely use that after getting beat last week the way they did. So For sure. we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it with with that. I think that we can kind of wrap things up. This is going to be a short one. We want you guys to enjoy your holiday with your family and your friends. And so enjoy the football games. Enjoy the holiday. Uh, good luck in your matchups. And we will talk to you guys on Saturday with the remaining previews for the week. Yep. Peace out, everybody.